If you want to take your Bible and turn me to Deuteronomy chapter uh, number 6, it's page 176 in my Bible, if that helps you at all. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're concluding our series on heartstrings and rattles, and we're going to talk about parenting this weekend. And as you're turning there, um, I want to make just one, uh, just uh, I want to give you some major props. Last weekend, you really went over and above to invite friends and coworkers. And uh, last weekend was the biggest attendance uh, we have had at Life Church since we began. We had uh, 768 people that were on campus, so just under 800 people, which is great because uh, before we did this little internal expansion, we would not have had the room to do that, which is kind of cool. It just kind of shows you that when you expand, then God fills it, and, and that's a whole other sermon. But I just want to say thanks. And we were inundated this week with just emails from people, uh, from, from married people who said, thank you for the child care. And I, I got one email from, from an individual that just said, you know, my spouse doesn't attend church. And that got them there. And they were so impressed that a church would care enough to do that. And it gave us time to sit down. And because of what was said in last weekend's message, our date was spent talking about the things of God. And I haven't had a conversation with my spouse like that ever because they're not a Christ follower. And so, so just, just, I just want to say, you know, just thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for doing that. And uh, just a great, great, great time. Well, this weekend on Rattles, we're talking about parenting. And I just want to start right from the very beginning and just say this. I think parenting is one of the hardest jobs we as married adults have. Any amens? And I haven't even hit teenage years yet, so don't, don't bust my bubble. I'm just hitting those tweener, those Hannah Montana years right now. And uh, I have two children, Tammy and I do. Uh, I have a, we have a seven-year-old, and we have a, uh, an 11-year-old. And so, uh, yeah, and, and it's two little girls, and so it's all drama and more drama. And I was raised in a house full of men, and that we walked around in our underwear unashamed until finally... Um, my mom said, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> and uh, so it's a totally different world for me with girls and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I want to talk to you about this thing called parenting because I think this is one of the most difficult things that we do. And I think here's the reason why it's difficult. Because our children are free moral agents. They have the ability to choose for themselves and do what really what they want to do. They have a mind of their own. And if you don't believe that, then just go to the toddler nursery and work one weekend where they're, they're, they're about to just throw down over some Tinker Toys or Lincoln Logs because they're mine, they're mine, they're mine. No, no, no. And this kid bit this kid, and this kid headbutted this kid. It's like an ultimate fighting match back there sometimes. They're safe. Don't worry, moms. But I'm just saying, you know, they're kids. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he lives in another state, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, my first grader was at school, and he was playing Lincoln Logs. This little boy kept trying to take them, and he said, no, these are mine, and they just kept going and escalated. To find the teacher looked across the room, and he said, my son, I don't know where he gets this from, but my son has his hands around this kid's neck just doing like this. Parenting is tough stuff. And as a parent, there are times where you just don't know what to do, you know? I need to take my own preaching. When you've done everything you know to do, just stand firm. Pray for that God of eternal encouragement. Oh, Lord, I needed that last week. Amen. Come on. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's on the backside of your bullets in the worship guide that you received. If you want to follow along. I'm going to give you an equation that uh, it's, this is what the Bible says about parenting, because I do not pretend to know or be an expert of 
And uh, for a long time, I would avoid this subject just simply because I felt like until I've raised kids, I can't talk about this. And then I realized I was doing people an injustice that I need to talk about not what I'm doing or perfectly, but what the word says. So there's an equation that the Bible gives us to parenting, and it's this. T plus T equals L. I'll, I'll tell you what T and T and L is in a minute, but T plus T equals L. Now, if you're here today and you're single and you have no kids, just thank God. Maybe this would be a good form of birth control for you. <laughs> and you think I'm joking. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, just work in junior high ministry for a while. Oh, don't give me that. Half of the parents in this room would sell their teenagers for a very small minimal fee. Some of you have them on eBay. I've seen them. Anyhow, there are those of you in this room that you are like me. You're in the thick and the throes. So if no else good comes of this, this is going to be like a counseling session for me that's going to save you about 300 bucks. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to lay it all on the table. And, uh, or maybe you've raised your kids. Then you can just sit back and laugh at me. And I hope that you enjoy your time right here on the front row. Okay. But T plus T equals L. The, the, the first T in this equation is teach. The Bible says we are to teach our children. We are to teach our children. Well, what does, how do we teach them? I'm so glad you asked. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3. It says this, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may, it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God fathers promised you. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Verse 6. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Verse 7. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them, teach, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Now, I want to give you a little background real quick on Deuteronomy. And basically, this, these first five books of the Old Testament, which are called the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch uh, and, and the first five books of the Old Testament were basically the Israelites or the Jews believed that this is how that man could live in complete harmony with God and with, and with each other. And so they would teach these first five books to their children. Jewish young boys, age 10, 11, by the time they were about 11, 10, 11 years of age, they could recite from memory the entire first five books of the Old Testament. So when they talk about teaching the Word, we're not talking about, you know, let's do scripture memorization, Jesus wept, you know, John 6, we're, we're, we're talking about they taught the first five books of the Old Testament to the point that they could memorize it and recite it from memory. I get lost in Leviticus somewhere. I get lost, and, and you know, I'm, I'm just like, oh my goodness. So, and they, but, but here, but the idea was is that this was something that you were to teach your children how to live in harmony with each other and with God. And you go, well, we don't live under the Old Testament, we don't live under the law. That's right. Jesus said that when he came onto the scene, the New Testament, the New Covenant, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, that he came not to do away with the Old Covenant, but to fulfill it so that if we found ourselves in him, we would meet the righteous requirements that the old covenant demanded of us and still does, but it's not fulfilled through the shedding of, of, of sacrificial animals and, and through all of the rigors that you went through the Old Testament. It's fulfilled through Christ. But it doesn't tell us that we get a get-out-of-jail-free card on that. It just simply says that these things are fulfilled through Christ. So it means that these teachings, these principles, these precepts are still things that we have in our life. And so he tells us in Deuteronomy to teach 
Now, there's several things we're supposed to teach, and these are in your notes. First of all, relational living. Relational living, teaching your children what does it mean to live in harmony with each other and with God. Teaching them the value of, first of all, the vertical relationship between them and God. You should teach them this. They should see this in your life. You should talk about this. You should talk about this. Have spiritual conversations. And when they ask you questions, allow it to go. Take time to talk to them. And I understand sometimes we're busy, but they're going to ask you key questions. And it may not be the most opportune of times, but you're to teach them relational living and how to live right between God and you. How do you keep this right? Because if this relationship is right, every other relationship will come into place. And so the first thing he says is, hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. Listen up, guys. Right between you and God and between you and man. Keep short accounts. Don't live with grudges. Don't live with hardships. Don't live with disunity. Don't live with disgruntled attitudes. Live right between God. Live right, right between man. The second thing he says about teaching is we're to teach them faith in God, verse 4. We're to teach them about the things of God and to talk about this faith in God that we have. And I would tell you, teach your children. Don't let them find it. Don't let them find God like they're on some scavenger hunt. But teach them. Well, I want my children to be on this self-discovery. What are you smoking? Self-discovery? Do you like let them drink a two-liter bottle of, of Mountain Dew before they go to bed? Self-discovery, they're going to wet the bed. Do you let them have a whole bag of Cheetos? At 10 o'clock at night? No, they're going to throw it up. Self-discovery. Do you like to, well, if they don't want to go to school. No, you put them on the bus and send them to school. Why? Because you're teaching them. Sometimes we teach them how to eat right. We teach them how to dress right. We teach them how to talk right. We teach them, some, some people don't teach them how to behave. Oh, that's a whole other message. But we try to teach them things. Teach them about faith in God. How do you do that? Well, you're, first of all, you're doing it right now by the fact that you got up out of bed and you got ready and you came to the house of the Lord. They're not always going to like that. You understand that, don't you? <laughs> I see parents smiling. People just smiling. Yeah, my kids hated it. I mean, we were raised, and you went to church, and that was back when it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, Sunday this, Monday night, prayer meeting, Tuesday night, had a Bible study, Wednesday night, had to go to Royal Strangers and Missionettes, and, and Friday night, there was a revival. So, I mean, it was all the time. And it better not fall. Listen, it better not fall when we have football or fall when we had a game. Because my dad would say, you're not going. What? what, 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 what? But all the other kids, well, if all the other kids are going to go jump off a cliff, you're going to do it too? Because my dad realized something that I don't think a lot of parents realize. I don't care how many sports leagues your kids are in. The chances of your kid being a professional athlete are, I hate to bust your bubble, but probably pretty close to zero. But they're going to live life. And what they're learning right now in life, kids, in elementary and early childhood, and what they're going to get on Wednesday night in Driven, and what they're going to get in those D2 groups on Sunday night when you're taking your kids, you are helping teach them about faith in God. Teach them about consistency. Teach them about priority. Teach them about commitment. Teach them about And we go, well, we have a society that doesn't want to commit. I don't believe that at all. I'm as much a Gen Xer. I am the, we'd much rather climb the Himalayas than climb the corporate ladder generation. And I'm telling you, what's the problem is we have nothing to die for. 
And until you give somebody something to die for, they never really live. I think Martin Luther King Jr. said that. But it is so true. So teach your kids. Teach them about the things of God. Teach them about faith in God. Teach them about tithing. You're, well, but there's just an allowance. It's, I give them a buck a week. It's 10, it's 10 cents. Listen, if you can't give 10 cents on a dollar, you'll never give 10,000 on 100,000. I promise you. Why are you getting quiet in here? That's our responsibility. You want to have them? You, you want, we've got to teach them the faith in God. Teach them what it means to be a Christ follower. Teach them and live that. Don't let them find this. And they're going to have to have their own experience. I understand. But teach them about these things. Talk to them about these things. Go, what if I don't have the answers? And just say, I don't know. But you know what? We'll find that out. And then you guys be on a journey of self-discovery together. And you go, well, why, why is that? Why? Oh, that's kind of dumb. If I, I mean, I, shouldn't I have the answers? No, because you're teaching them that you don't always have the answers in life. I, I, look, I'm a pastor, and my kids can ask me questions that I theologically do not know the answer to. And I say, you know what? I don't know. But I tell you what, we're going to go back to God's Word, and we're going to look it up. And I show them how to find the answers. Because they're not always, I'm not, I'm not a walking biblical encyclopedia, contrary to popular opinion. And so I have to teach them these things of God. Uh, the next thing it tells us is to teach them, verse 6 says, to teach them how to lead. Teach them how to lead. Teach them leadership. I think this is important because here's the deal. We've got to, not just in a, in a, in a spiritual sense, but in, in our lives, we're reproducing in our kids who and what we are. I think that's the scariest thing. If you want to write scary by that, I think the scariest thing I'm going to say today is that. Because that scares me. And pardon the expression, but that scares the hell right out of me. It keeps me on my face before God probably more than anything else than I do. Look, I can fool you. And I can fool a lot of people out there. But what I do, the Bible says, in my life as a parent, I will reproduce in my kids. And if I, am, if I, am, if I'm, if I have dualism in my life, if, if, if I'm a hypocrite, my kids, it's going to come out in their lives. I'm telling you. Because we reproduce in them who and what we are. There are things that are caught, not taught. Do you remember the, you say things, you know, like, <laughs> as a parent, things come out of my mouth that I heard my dad say 20 years ago. Like, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. One of the most stupid statements that you can make. But, but <laughs> it just comes out, right? Or questions like, boy, do you want me to whip you? Yeah, I really, I got up this morning, and I really wanted you to take your belt off and just spank me, Dad. I really, that's what I got up for this morning. I've been sitting here on the couch waiting for that. I mean, just, you know. And, but you say these things. Or things that your parents did to you, you know, like they, they, they punished you in certain ways. You're, I'll never do this to my kids. I hate you. Yeah. And then you do it because it's fun, right? No, I mean, I mean, it's just part of it. And the reality is, is that those are things that are caught, not taught. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if there are secret sins in your life and there are things in your life that you don't think anybody else sees, and things that you're watching when they're going to bed, and things you're allowing to listen to when they're not around, and things that you're censoring them from, trust me, it will come out in their lives because you're going to reproduce in them that dualism. You're going to teach them that. God is not mocked for whatever man sows. That's what he reaps. I've seen people who have had multiple affairs in marriages, and their kids did not know it, but yet their kids, it was reproduced in their lives. And their kids had the exact same problems that their parents did because they saw little idiosyncrasies that were dualisms, that, were, that dichotomized life from one side and from another side, and they began to do that. 
I saw one parent who had this whole problem, and then it fleshed out. And they never saw it in that parent uh, it, it directly, and then it, it be, but it began to come out. It, it, it does that. And I'm telling you, as a person, the biggest thing in my life that keeps me humble and right before God is knowing that there are two little girls that I'm reproducing who and what I am in them. I'm telling you. The Bible says that we're to lead them, verse 5 and verse 6. And, and, and we're, the last thing we're to teach them is to develop disciplines, verse 7 and verse 8, to develop those disciplines. It's just talk about them. As you walk along the road, as you drive along the road, as you get up in the morning, as you go to bed at night, teach them. Talk about the habits and the disciplines of success. How do you develop these habits? How do you develop these disciplines in your life? Listen, we do our kids a disservice when we let them be the CEO of our household. And there are families in this room that you don't run your family. Your spouse doesn't run your family. Your child runs your family. I'm going to be right out there for a second. Your bedroom, mom and dad, is your bedroom. You may not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to tell you. The Bible says that you are the head of your home and that you and your wife, we talked about this last, last week, you have equal value and different functions and you lead. And your children, that is your space. That is your area. That is, your, that is yours. And so for your kids to be in your space beyond allowing them in, and if they're able to, there's, there's, then there's no respect. There's no anything. All the walls are done. Everything's open. Johnny comes in when he, when he wants to. Sally comes in when she wants to. Everybody comes in when they want to. And listen, I love my kids. I kiss on my kids. I hug my kids. We, last night, I've been kind of gone this week at a conference, and so as soon as the service was over, we went home, had pizza. We, we, we watched TV. We wrestled. We tickled. We played for two hours in the basement. Not because I was like, whoa, this is what I want to do, but because that, they needed daddy time. And I love them. We kiss them, put them to bed, pray over them, read bedtime stories. And I respect their space in their rooms. But at the, at the same time, there are certain boundaries because I'm teaching them habits. I'm teaching them how to live. I'm teaching them how to do. And they don't get choices. Do you want to eat this? No. Did your parents ask you that? My parents didn't ask me that. Would you like to have this, Johnny? No, I don't want it. They, my dad would say, go hungry then, boy. And you can tell by my body, I didn't go hungry. <laughs> I learned to eat. My, my, dad, my, my dad would look at me and say, listen, this is not your house. That's my chair. That's my TV. That's my remote. I'll let you sit on the floor. How about that? Sometimes we need to have a Bill Cosby conversation with our children. Kids came home and said, we're having such a rough time. Our friends, because of dad, because you're so well known and famous and rich that we're, we're wealthy and they treat us like that. And he said, let me help you with this. Your mother and I, we're wealthy. Millions of dollars to various schools and colleges and universities and, and, and endowment funds. We're wealthy beyond measure, but you kids are broke. <laughs> you don't have anything. Your clothes, I own them. Your bed, it's mine. Your room, your furniture, it's mine. This house, I just simply let you stay here. And there's going to come a day I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> We've got to teach our kids. I mean, there are times as a pastor, I'm talking to you and I'm engaged in you. And one of my girls will run up and I'm not being mean to them. My girls have access to me, but they don't dominate my life. And I look at them and say, because I'm in conversation with you. And that's disrespectful for that child to interrupt that conversation. But that's your child, yes, but she needs to understand. 
that there are certain, that there's an authority structure and she doesn't just interrupt my schedule and we don't just do what they want to do and how they want to do it. And I don't like this. And occasionally we'll take them to a nice restaurant and they'll go with us to eat. And then a few weeks later, we'll go, but I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to noodles. I'd like to go to, to Maggiano's. And I look at my wife and go, what have we created? No, we're going home. We're going to the cold deli for the next six weeks. We're going to have bologna sandwiches and, 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 and we're going to have just, we're just going to have like porridge is what we're going to eat in our house because you kids have had weight, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I told you this was catharsis for me. Okay. So, but I'm telling you to establish those disciplines and those boundaries, because if you don't, they're not going to get them anywhere else. And the, in the, and in the blue ribbon society that we live in, that no kid's a loser and every kid's a winner doesn't work. I'll talk about that more in just a second. Okay. So he says, teach. The second thing he tells us, the second T is to train. So we teach and we train. Now, Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this, to train up a child in the way that he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. Train up a child. How do you train up a child? Well, you help your, ch- you help your child make, make three things. First of all, make choices. Training is not about teaching. Teaching is, is teachings. I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you. We're having a conversation. We're, 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 we're talking. Training is, okay, now we're on the job. Now I'm going to, I've been talking to you about doing this. Now I'm going to allow you to do this. And we need to do this because sometimes we talk at our kids, but we don't train them. And, and so we need to train them how to make choices. And what do you mean by this, Aaron? I mean, you need to train your kids how to make choices in life because you're not always going to be there. And you're not going to be there to make those choices and be able to make those calls. And, and no kid's perfect, okay? We, I think sometimes we put undue pressure on kids and, uh, to, to, to be perfect. But at the same time, we want to train them in how to make choices. So instead of telling them, you can't do this, can't do this, can't do this, can't listen to this, can't listen to this, can't. And I, believe, I think there are boundaries. Don't misunderstand me. But we need to train them in how to make choices. Because to be able to say secular music is wrong, so basically, you're saying somewhere over the rainbow is a sin. That's secular, not sacred. Secular entertainment is wrong, then you better turn in your cable box because CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, Bloomberg, well, that's not sinful. It's not Christian. It's, you see how that gets really jacked up and messed up? And then the waters get muddy. So instead of trying to teach them, this is Christian and this is, this is sacred, I mean, this is secular, this is sacred, Teach them how to make right choices. For instance, you have teenagers. Because when they're kids, you kind of control more of their, of their choices of, of, of entertainment and what they're watching. And you should be paying attention to those things. But when they get to be teenagers, all of a sudden they, they, they pop these little earbuds in and they're listening to their MP3 players or iPods or whatever. And they're doing their thing. And, and, and uh, you need to just unpop those sometimes and just go through their listings. And if you don't know how to use those things, then don't buy them for your kids because you need to know how to do that. And, and go through and listen to what they're listening to. And you go, well, I'm just listening to the music. Well, just then go online and you can Google it. If you need help with this, just see me. I'll help you. Any guys on the staff will help you. Guys or guys on the staff. Google the lyrics, print them out, and at dinner say, I want you to tell me what this song says and means because this was on your iPod and you listened to this. So explain to me, I kissed the girl and I like it. Let's talk about this song. It's a top 40 song, which means that it's either if you're listening to just top 40 music, you're hearing it in your car, 
Or they're listening to it on their iPod and go, oh, not my children. <laughs> Can I just tell you the naivete of Christ followers as parents still cracks me up. I spent 10 years in youth ministry and in the sixth grade and you start talking about sex and they go, oh, my baby doesn't know anything about that. Oh, yes, he or she does. I don't care if they're homeschooled. They know about it. And here's the reality is you need to be talking to them about that. Entertainment choices, movies. Why is this right? Why is this wrong? Uh, you, you, can, you can just go online, Google movies, put in your zip code, pull up Marcus Cinemas, pull, hit, hit what, any movie you want to, and the IMB will actually show you, just the secular rating system will actually show you what words, what are being said, the whole deal. You don't have to go to Dobson. You have to go anywhere else. It's all right there. And so print that out and you say, is this what we want to watch? Talk, train, teach them. Because there's going to be days you're not going to be around them. There's going to be times you're not going to be there. And so we've got to train them how to make choices in life and how to do things. They're friends. Meet their friends and talk to them about their friends and talk to them about, is, why does this person do this? Why does this person say that? Uh, if, if you, uh, a little while ago, we had a, a birthday party for, for Katie and uh, and so there were, there were church friends and, and school friends, and everybody came in. And this one, I'm in the room. I'm not even seeing these kids. And again, this is all like, all like you know, 11-year-olds. And so I'm sitting in there just trying to be, you know, whatever. And this one little girl comes in. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You understand, oh, my God is taking the Lord's name in vain. That's called a sin. You go, that's hard line. Commandment number one. Take not, I'll have no other gods before me. Don't take the Lord your God's name in vain. Vainly using the name of God. Some of you go, whoa, oh, really? Yeah, just come to the altar. I'm going to begin to sing. There's room at the altar for you. No, I mean, really. And we say these things casually. And so we've taught our, our girls, we don't use phrases like that because it's taking God's name in vain. And, um, and so the reality is, this kept on for a few minutes. And so Katie came through for just a second. I said, Katie, come here. I said, uh, this was a training moment. I said, do, uh, do the rules change when we have friends over? No. And who's the hostess with the mostess? She smiled. I said, that's right, you are. And I said, so here's the deal. And I called her little friend by name. And I said, uh, she's a sweet girl. And, and she probably doesn't mean anything by this. But, uh, and Katie kind of drops her head like she knew what I was saying. I said, but she said like, oh my God, like, I think like 50 bazillion times. Oh my God. I said, first of all, the ha na na is all over my nerves. But secondly, she's taking God's name in vain. <laughs> and remember the Old Testament when God just opened up the ground and went, Whoop, I don't want God to do that to us tonight. <laughs> so either I can have the conversation and her eyes get like this big. Or you can explain to her that we don't say that. She goes, I can do that. I can do that. I said, come on. Fist bump. She went in there. I, did, I wasn't even in the room. A few minutes, I said, but just wait till she says it. And don't, don't, don't call her out. Don't like, you sinner. You know, don't, don't pull that out. The whole preaching moves and everything. I said, just. And so the girl's like, oh, my God. That's just like so great. I'm just like party favorite. And, I, and she goes, and she called her by name. And she said, we don't say, oh, my God here. And the girl went, oh my God, you don't say, oh my God? She said, no. And she said, it's taking God's name in vain. 
That's one of the Ten Commandments. And we serve Jesus Christ. And so I, if it would be okay with you, I'd like for you not to do that. Oh, sure, no problem. I, just, I say, oh my gosh. And she said, well, if that will work, you know, but just not. Never heard it again that night. Before the girls went down to have their slumber party where they didn't slumber, they just partied in the basement. <laughs> I pulled Katie aside and I kissed her and I said, I'm so proud of you. I'm teaching, I'm training her in how to make right choices and how to lead. Because there's going to be a day where I'm not going to be there. When he says, train your children, help them overcome obstacles. Overcome obstacles. Well, what do you mean? I mean, how to deal with people. How to deal with rude, crude, and socially unacceptable people. How to deal with failure. How do you overcome obstacles? Look, they're in your home. The, the, the kids are there. And, and your place needs to be a safe, a safe haven. I, I mean, I kiss on my girls. I hug my girls. I love my girls. I make sure that they understand that when they're at home, they don't have to be on. But we talk about every day at dinner, what's your high, what's your low? And if the low is like, you know, so-and-so was mean to me, or so-and-so was this, or, or, or I didn't do well with this, then we talk about that. Parent-teacher conferences, if they don't go well, we talk about those things. Great, we sit down and we say, let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about this, you know, we, this choice or this whatever. Teach your children. And this is what I want to say, because in the world that we live in, everybody wants to give everybody a trophy, and everybody wants to give everybody a blue ribbon. And this is not reality. And what happens is, is Johnny's not always going to make the team, and Sally's not going to make the cut on the squad, and, 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 you know, and, and Freddie's not going to make the select team, and, and, you know, and, and Christy's not going to make the traveling team, and, and you're not always going to get an A, you're not always going to get this, and you're always going to do that, and it's not always going to work, and there's always going to be somebody that has something newer, better, faster than you do, and there's always going to be somebody going to a better place than you go, and there's always going to be somebody doing this, and there's always going to be some, and you have to teach, we have to teach our children how to overcome obstacles, and how to deal with things, and that failure isn't final and how do you fail forward because here's the reality if you don't teach them when they hit it as an adult they're not going to know what to do teach them what you do you hit failure you hit times where things don't go right talk to them about that talk to them about we need to pray about this we need to work on this we need to focus this we need to make some changes in our life we need to we need to do self self inventory you don't have to use any big words you just help them understand what's going on and talk to them and help them and how to deal with obstacles my youngest has to be the first at, at everything. She's the most competitive child on the planet outside of myself. She is extremely competitive. And we have to deal with that because our oldest is the most laid back. Like, what? Huh? And the youngest, she is on. I mean, she could be on the third row of the SUV and I can be putting an Altoid in my mouth and she'll go, minty, fresh. Dad, can I have one? And never sees it. She picks up everything. I remember a few years ago, we were at the table, and Katie, my wife and I, Tammy, we were talking code. You know how you talk code, and you're spelling things out, and you're doing things? Because there was something that was really had happened that day, and I needed to communicate it to Tammy. And I, but we're having family dinner time and this whole deal, so I'm thinking, I'm just going to circumvent this and just talk in a way that they don't understand. She was about five at the time. And so all of a sudden, she looks at me. I mean, her, her, she's like right here at the table, you know, like, you know, she says, I know what you're saying. I say, excuse me? Yes, sir. I know exactly what you're saying. I looked at my wife. I'm thinking, this child is not smarter than I am. Pride come for a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction, the Bible says. <laughs> so I looked at her. I said, no, you don't. Oh, yes, so I do. Because we teach them to say, sir and ma'am, to be courteous and respectful. 
So hers, sirs at that time was sir. I said, okay, Miss Brilliant, if you know what I'm saying, then I'll tell you what, I'll give you $100 right now if you can tell me what I just said. <laughs> that little face, <laughs> she puts her fork down. Well, you just said, and, and exactly what we were talking about. I looked at my wife and I was like, how in the, and she can't even read, she can't spell. And then, and, and she said, I'm right, $100, please. <laughs> I put it in her college account. I, I, I'm just telling you, teach them, train them. And the third thing is to experience success. Train them to experience success. When God does good things in your family, give God credit. Every vacation, we sit down. We're at the pool, we're wherever we are. And I'll just take a minute and I'll sit down and I'll say, girls, do you know why we're here? To have fun? No. Do you know why we're here? Because you, you make money? And they're just like, who cares? We're here, you know? I said, we're here because God has blessed mom and I. And he's blessed us as a family. And what we're gonna get to do is a blessing from God. That's why we have this. We go buy school clothes. Girls, you know why we're here? And my oldest like, to get school clothes? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're here because God's blessed us. We could do this. Every time something happens, we made a move this summer in our house. We moved. You know why we're here? And now it's at a point, my youngest goes, we're blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> That's right. God's blessed us. Because here's what I want them to understand. Every good and perfect gift doesn't come from me, but comes from the Father above. And I'm training them to understand that the successes of life comes from the favor of God. And they're going to get tired of me saying that. Trust me. And they're like, oh, goodness, Dad. And I've had parents in this room go, you sound like Pastor Aaron. Because <laughs> they're telling, they're teaching, they're training their kids, and their kids will look at them and go, oh, it sounds like a Pastor Aaron sermon. Oh, my goodness. But I'm telling you, there'll come a day in their life when reality will hit and they'll go, my dad used to say, my mom used to say. Dad would always say every time we got a new car that we were blessed and that God had done this and would pray over that car. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh, why are we doing this? And I just want to do whatever. And, but I get it now. Every house, we had to pray over the house. And every time we got something new, school closed, dad would sit us down and explain because I want it to be stuck in their frontal lobe of their cranium. This is not us. We are not our source. It's God. Train your kids. And last thing the Bible says, we teach and we train them to leave. This is going to be pretty short because we want to get them out. Leave. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, For this reason... Will a man leave? Everybody say leave. leave. Come on. Parents and teenagers, I need a little bit more from you than that. One, two, three, leave. leave. Woo, yes. Father and mother. And be united uh, to his wife. Or they'll leave and they'll cleave. The King James Version says cleave. I like that. And they will become one. Now, I'm not saying you want your teenagers to go get married. But what I am saying is, is that 
that part of parenting, successful parenting, is where you teach and you train, and the idea is that they leave. This is in your notes. Parenting is when your kids leave home and live out what you've taught and trained them for. Successful parenting is when your kids leave home and they live out what you've taught and trained them for. They leave home and live out. Can I just talk to the kids in the room for just a minute? I know I'm taking a little time on this message today, but I'm, I'm hitting a lot of ground. If you're a teenager, you're, you're a college kid in this room, I just want you to listen to me just for a second. The greatest thing you can do to honor your parents is to serve the God that they've taught and trained you to serve. You want to break your mother's heart? I'm not trying to give you a guilt trip. I'm just telling you the truth. Walk away from everything she's taught and trained you. You want to spit in your father's face? Walk away from everything he's ever taught you. And the greatest way you can honor your parents, and the Bible says we should do that, honor our father and mother, is to serve the God that they've raised you to serve. Because your parents love you. They may not be perfect. They may not be all together. They may make mistakes. Uh, you should know by now your parents are not intended to be cool. That's okay. And here's the reality. They were cool at one point in time. Before you came along. And you're what made them uncool. Mm. Preach, preach it. But what they want for you is the very best life that God has. And parents, let me tell you this. I know sometimes that it's rough letting them go, but you've got to let them go because you've given them roots, now you've got to give them wings. And it's not easy. But that's what you've taught and trained them for. There are students from this church that are serving in countries around the world. And it's hard on those parents because they miss holidays. But that's what you've taught and trained them for. Great job. Your kids, they go off and they go to college in another state. And they're doing well. That's what you've taught and trained them for. It's not easy, but that's what they're supposed to do. The kids, they go off and they get married and they begin to have their own rugrats. And they may live halfway around the globe, but that's what you've taught and trained them for. And then you'll begin to see them raise their kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Don't be scared of the kids leaving. And if the boy is 35 in a basement, kick him out. <laughs> Don't be scared of them leaving. Because that's all part of God's plan of successful parenting. I want to pray for every parent in this room today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father.